in the United States these days, if you say that someone is an evangelical, what comes to mind? Pardon? Oh, Al Sharpton? Okay. Nut job. <laughs> Keep it going. No filters. Well, some filters. Jimmy Swaggart. Prosperity gospel. Trump supporter. Corruption. Corruption. Not particularly positive connotations, right? Uh, I got into this a little bit. I was. What comes to my mind um, generally? uh, What comes to my mind is an older white male in a suit and tie, white shirt. Suit and tie are variations of blues and grays. Hair trimmed neatly, fair amount of product. Uh, Someone patronizing to women, kids, and people of color. Uh, Holding a Bible. Uh, He has numerous passages memorized, all of them dealing either with human sinfulness, God's wrath, or a few that are about forgiveness in Christ. Uh, Hardcore conservative Republican, judgmental, prejudiced, bigoted, watches Fox News on a regular basis. That's the kind of stuff that comes to my mind. And I clearly am not the only one that has some uh, bias. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And some negative connotations. Uh, Similarly, almost every word that is a derivative of evangelical brings similar negative images and connotations. Evangelism. Evangelist. Evangelize. It's a shame, really, because biblically, everything to do with the root word in Greek, euangelion, is profoundly positive, profoundly positive, and absolutely essential for all of us being here this morning. Think about how odd it is, like I was saying with the kids, that the foundational story that makes up our religion centers on this young, itinerant Jewish teacher from rural Palestine who lived 2,000 years ago, died a disgraceful criminal's death, and only had a couple handfuls of followers, very unimportant people at the time of his death. And yet here we are, on the other side of the world, 2,000 years later, a part of this group of people all over the world that worship one man, Jesus. That this story has become the, the center of the lives of people on almost every continent and in every culture on this globe. That's not a fluke. We believe and in we believe in and follow Jesus of Nazareth because of an evangelist. Because of that evangelist's evangel who used that evangel to evangelize about Jesus. 
But that was never meant to create a church of this tiny little spectrum of color and culture. The church of Jesus Christ is meant to be a society that pioneers God's intention for the eternal kingdom. A society of persons of every color, age, and culture on this planet. We're not there yet, but we will be. That's the plan. That's God's plan. In this morning's scripture from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, he is about to pray for them. Uh, When we open with verse 1, he actually picks this up again. We'll see next week. He picks this up again in verse 14. Uh, But he starts out, For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, and most of the, the... translations will have like a, a a line there you know a sort of a break or ellipses or something like acknowledging that there's a sudden very sudden abrupt transition here paul had just finished writing about how jesus has broken down the barriers between human beings with each other and human beings with god And then as he's about to pray, it's almost like he catches himself and wants to say to them, I want to make sure that you understand that you all know that this was no mistake. This bringing together of all people by God. Paul shares with him that his whole purpose for being an ambassador for Christ is to share this particular message, that this was God's plan. Verses 2 and 3, surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is, the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly about. Using the word mystery, Paul is um, essentially saying that people in previous generations didn't really understand what God was up to until Christ came. He says similar type of a thing in in verse 9, that it was kept from previous generations. But then he explains what the mystery is. In in the Bible, mysteries are never left uh, unrevealed. That's the whole point, is that they were something that previously was unknown that now has been made known. And so he says what this mystery is in verse 6. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. And the word that Paul uses for gospel is, in Greek, euangelion. It's the same root from which we get our word evangelical. Paul explains further in verse 7, I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of God's power. Paul is saying that God equipped him to be an evangelist, to share this gospel, to share this Evangel, which means literally good news. This 
good news, this gospel, this evangel, is that God has opened the door to the kingdom to all people through Jesus. Some, a few random selections here. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. Although I am less than the least of God's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. And then later, in Christ Jesus our Lord, in him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. The message makes some of this a little bit easier to understand Uh, it's translated this way, some of these passages. Uh, I take it you're familiar with the part I was given in God's plan for including everybody. I got the inside story on this from God himself as I wrote you earlier in brief. As you read over what I have written to you, you'll be able to see for yourselves into the mystery of Christ. None of our ancestors understood this. Only in our time has it been made clear by God's Spirit through his Holy Spirit, or through his holy apostles and prophets. The mystery that people who had never heard of God and those who have heard of God all their lives, what I've been calling insiders and outsiders, stand on the same ground before God. They get the same offer, same help, same promises, in Christ Jesus. The message is accessible and welcoming to everyone across the board. Since day one, it has been God's plan that all peoples would be gathered together in God's kingdom. I've, this Genesis passage has come up numerous times lately because it's so foundational for everything that followed. God chose Abram and Sarah, leave your country, your people, your household, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you a great nation. And then at the end, and all peoples, all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. From the very beginning, this is God's plan. And Jesus himself spoke of that plan. We hear he says, I'm the good shepherd, and there are other sheep besides you all. They're in a different pen. I'll talk to them later. But we're all going to be part of one flock with one shepherd. And then Paul is is quite clear in verses 8 through 11. uh, This grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles this unsearchable richness, to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery His intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. Again, um, my task, this is the message, my task is to bring out in the open and make plain what God has been doing in secret and behind the scenes all along. Through Christians like yourselves gathered in churches, this extraordinary plan of God is becoming known and talked about everywhere. God's plan has always been that all people will be brought together in the kingdom, all colors 
and all cultures. And notice the part that the church has in all of this. Through his intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities. And the NIV translates it in the heavenly realms. There's a little bit of debate here when Paul writes about that this should be made known to all the rulers and authorities, um, whether he's talking about rulers and authorities in this life, in this world, or some other level of, of spiritual realm, including per, perchance the, the angels themselves. But either way, the point is that the church is meant to show to these rulers and authorities around the world, if not the cosmos, what God's kingdom is like. It's on the church. Paul proclaims that through the church, God's manifold wisdom should be revealed to the world, meaning that the church should reveal to the world the way of tearing down barriers between peoples and being united together in Christ, the way of peace between all peoples. Literally, that, the word that Paul uses for manifold means multicolored. It's a perfect word. The church should reveal God's multicolored wisdom to the world. John Stott writes about this. The word was used, manifold, was used to describe flowers, embroidered cloth, and woolen carpets. He goes on, the church as a multiracial, multicultural community is like a tapestry. The many-colored communion of the church is a reflection of the many-colored wisdom of God. And Tom Wright puts all of this together when he notes, rulers and authorities must be confronted with God's wisdom in all its rich variety. And this is to happen through the church. Not through what the church says, though that is vital as well, but rather through what the church is. Namely, the community in which men, women, and children of every race, color, racial, social, cultural background come together in glad worship of God. The Church of Christ is meant to be a society that pioneers God's intention for the world and for the kingdom. People of every color, age, and culture in the world gathered and made one. That's the plan. That's God's plan. In our human sinfulness and broken, <coughs> excuse me, brokenness, <coughs> we have to admit that the church has a long way to go. <coughs> if you consider all followers of Jesus everywhere, like I was talking with the kids, <coughs> as one holy Catholic and apostolic church, which we proclaim, if you consider that whole grouping, the church is a beautiful, multicolored tapestry. From house church gatherings in China to high church Anglican gatherings at Westminster Abbey in London to uh, Coptic services in Ethiopia. The church is made up of almost every color, every age, and every culture in the world. 
And yet, our individual Sunday morning gatherings aren't always quite as multicolored and multicultural. Most small gatherings of the church, smaller gatherings of the church, often reflect a predominantly one color and one culture in the spectrum. We are often just as segregated in our church buildings as we are in our neighborhoods. So we're not there yet, but we will be. God's plan from the beginning has been that all peoples will be gathered in communion in the kingdom. That is the vision that we are given for who we are. And this is where we are going. So in the meantime, we work against all words and actions that would exclude or diminish God's intention. And we work with all of our words and our actions to reflect God's multicolored wisdom. That's the plan. God's plan. Thanks be to God.